Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Where to Go. I'm James Atkinson, brand manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, senior editor at DKI Witness. Welcome to our second season. Uh, so if you haven't listened before, every fortnight we'll be virtually visiting a different destination from around the world, speaking to residents who know that place best. Uh, so Lucy, it's our, it's our second season. Yeah, uh, it's really they, lovely to be back, James. It's really lovely to be back. Just, uh, just when London's starting to get sunny again exactly. and where <laughs> a travel might seem like not too sort of distant a possibility over the, after the cold sort of winter oh, yeah, months we've had. It's been a hard winter, so I'm feeling very hopeful. I'm feeling very excited about season two and us ultimately traveling the world together virtually <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely and how many uh, destinations do you think you're going to be adding to your list? <laughs> my list is so long it is as long as my arm so it'll just get longer and longer you know what i'm like <laughs> yes i do i do so um uh so you know joining us today to discuss her native iceland so another destination that we're probably going to add to your list yes. It's photographer and influencer Elsa Steiners. Yes, so um, known as the land of fire and ice, Iceland is a country of extremes with the small island home to some of the world's most active volcanoes, huge glaciers and unique mm-hmm. scenery, which has fascinated visitors the world over. And the country is also increasingly known for its art and culture scene, with Cosmopolitan Reykjavik in particular hosting excellent restaurants, museums, concert venues and galleries. So uh, without further ado, our first guest of uh, season two, welcome, Elsa. Hello. Hi, Elsa. <laughs> Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for, for joining us all the way from Iceland. And I, yeah. I believe you're on, uh, on Volcano Watch right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, they say that a uh, volcano is about to erupt any hour now or like in the next couple of hours wow that's a... so are you on your way out are you are you running from it or towards <laughs> it yeah so i'm actually running from it but that i didn't want to like i didn't know that there was about to come an eruption so i'm heading in the opposite direction but uh i might turn wow. around now and be <laughs> in the city actually <laughs> Oh, well, if the podcast stops suddenly, you know, ours is turned, <laughs> turned the car around and, uh, yeah, exactly. and, and went to go visit. So, uh, yeah. Um, so before we get into talking about Iceland and um, volcanoes, just to quickly explain the format today, we're going to explore the past, present and future of Iceland, discussing what makes it such a unique destination, life outside of COVID-19, how the island has responded to the events of the past year and what travellers can expect to do when they return. For context, uh, we're recording this in early March. So uh, whereas uh, Iceland's cases of COVID-19 remain comparatively low compared to the rest of the world, uh, travel is currently not a possibility for many, including from the UK and USA. Passengers are required to show certificates of negative PCR tests, have to go and undergo double, double COVID testing uh, procedures along with a quarantine period of five to six days so basically it's not really possible just yet no but there is initial optimism stemming from the various COVID-19 vaccination programs and um, well we just personally hope that international travel may return later in 2021 
Cool. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's uh, let's let's discuss all things Iceland. So in this first section, we're going to discuss Iceland um, kind of outside of the the lens of the pandemic and what makes it so unique. Uh, so Elsa, um, uh, to start with, I know you sort of grew up in the north of Iceland um, mm-hmm. and looking into it, Iceland's kind of divided into a couple of different areas and there's amazing kind of geography across all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the north is particularly like kind of peppered with wild landscapes and extreme weather. So mm-hmm. what was it kind of like growing up there? Um, yeah, like looking back, I don't remember the weather that particularly. I think like you're just a kid and mm, uh, sure. you enjoy being outside no matter what the weather is. And my childhood is actually a little bit divided. I was actually born in Norway and lived there oh. until I was seven years old. Okay. okay. And then I moved to Iceland, yeah, when I was seven. So I was a bit of a Norwegian in me when I came back to Iceland. <laughs> And the Norwegians have a very great mindset towards weather. They they always says, say that uh, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. Um, <laughs> and I think that is still like a characteristic of mine that the weather never stops me. But I, I still find that it stops my Icelandic friends. And I'm obviously an Icelander, but a <laughs> bit of Norwegian background. So, uh, yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, I mean... Today and even when you were a kid, the most exciting thing would be a massive snowstorm and wake up and you would have to like shovel yourself out of the house or something. <laughs> so I I love extreme weathers and you just need to yeah know how to be safe and and read into it. How deep can the snow be in Iceland? How like how many feet or, or meters yeah. are we talking? <laughs> Um, well, like houses can be fully snowed up, but that's not, not wow. necessarily because of a lot of snow, but more due to the wind. So the mm, wind okay. creates these massive snow piles. Mm. So last winter we had a very, very extreme winter and houses were fully covered. So like wow. you wouldn't even have a window view anymore. Um, and we also had some pretty bad avalanches, like one avalanche hit a town and when mm. the snow went rushing into people's homes so it's definitely an extreme environment uh and then this winter is the opposite a lot more rainy and warm um okay but what icelanders mm. say they say uh like an extreme winter never comes two times in a row and it seems to be the case like i've never mm. seen that happen so this year is a lot rainier okay so next winter might be <laughs> yeah hopefully <laughs> the snow is a lot more fun <laughs> and um uh, kind of when did you um i know you said you sort of initially grew up in norway uh when did you realize kind of how um how the rest of the world sees iceland and how, kind of how unique it it is yeah. as a place in the world uh i think when tourism started honestly mm. and tourism mm. started there quite late it wasn't until like 2010 where iceland got properly on the map uh, up mm. until then, I thought Iceland was pretty lame and I was traveling a lot <laughs> around the world. And my friends were always asking me like, oh, I would like to visit you in Iceland. And I used to tell them like, no, like, come on, there's nothing to do in Iceland. Because I used to measure it from like the club size. Like we don't even mm. have clubs or decent parties. Like let's sure. go yeah, somewhere yeah. else, you know. <laughs> uh, but then of course, uh, when Iceland went viral in the media, mm. then as an Icelander, you saw all the people writing those things about the Northern Lights and the waterfalls. And and I still, I'm still realizing it today, how interesting my photos are to some people that have maybe never seen a black beach before. They've never seen a glacier mm. or even snow. Uh, and I'm just so used to this. So I'm, I'm still realizing how how people from around the world see Iceland and yeah and it's pretty unique. It doesn't sound like you plan on leaving Alster. It sounds like you're very much you're very happy in Iceland. You want to stay there? Um, Is that fair? Well that has kind of uh, changed throughout my life. Like some period mm. in my life I used to use every opportunity to leave Iceland and escape and travel and I am 
really happy here uh, and I absolutely love Iceland, but I still think there's always this like feeling inside of me that I would love to try to live in more places. And I've mm. always enjoyed traveling. And I think it also comes after a long, dark winter because the daylight is so limited. Yeah. Yes. And then you spend another winter in Iceland and you think to yourself, like, oh, I had really promised myself to never spend the whole winter here again. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know, the darkness can get to you a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah. But it also comes with this upside, so... Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I, I think uh, that's how a lot of people feel every every winter about wherever they are, especially yeah. after the last year where we haven't really been able to escape that much yeah. as well. Very true. Yeah, yeah very and I true. mean, with COVID, I'm also just learning to stay put and just enjoying that I'm here, mm. you know. So I think mm. this is also like a good lesson to just stop always having that urge of leaving somewhere and thinking that yeah. it's going to be yeah. so much better, very you know. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Yeah, and um, obviously, you you kind of um uh you have a huge online community and that you kind of um almost you know give guided tours in, in a way through iceland through your life in iceland um but um a big thing that underpins that is your amazing photography and kind of when did you start to become interested in that and uh and when did you sort of start to shoot uh, shoot around iceland as well yeah yeah thank you so much um so my interest in photography has, it started really early, like when I was quite young and uh, I asked to borrow some cameras from my dad and I took them to like summer camps. Hmm. And I remember he told me that he thought my photos like this, this time I'm very young, I'm like 10 or 11. And he said my photos were very boring because I just photographed things and landscape. <laughs> so he told me like the photo will always be more interesting if you put a person into your photos. So then I started yeah. doing that a little bit. And I remember like when the first digital cameras came to the, to the market, my parents gave me a camera. So mm. like cameras have followed me through my whole life. But for mm. a very long time, I was terrible at it. And <laughs> like for way too long, honestly. Um, but it really started when I did like a 15 month trip around Asia, actually. So I was just okay. on the road ah, for cool. like 15 months. And so there I was photographing a lot. Um, my editing style back then was terrible, but that's kind of when I like started Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then in 2016, I think that's when I come back to Iceland after that long trip. I had been away for over a year. And then Instagram is picking up and interest in Iceland is also picking up. So it was mm. kind of for me the perfect timing that I saw mm. that people were very interested in Iceland. I had already been trying to grow an Instagram following through my year in Asia. And then all of a sudden I was back home in Iceland and that's when things started happening and people were more and more interested in the photos and I improved as a photographer. So mm. that has been like an ongoing project since like, yeah, 2015, 2016. It's great. It's great to hear the background. There's hope for us all, James. Maybe you and I will grow our, <laughs> uh, improve our photography and grow yeah. our followers. I was, I was thinking exactly <laughs> the same, but, uh, but no, I don't think there's any hope for my photography. Um, but but, but I, I, I know we're here to talk about Iceland, but actually I'm really, really interested. Like where, where did you visit on that Southeast Asia trip and, and where did you go? Yeah. Oh, like it was so fun. We went. Um, to a lot of places and back then I was traveling like with an ex-boyfriend who was also very adventurous and mm -hmm. we kind of both decided that we wanted to go like off the beaten path so we started in the Middle East and spent some time in mm -hmm. Dubai and Oman and mm -hmm. then from Oman we flew over to Iran so we spent one month in oh, wow. Iran and wow. uh, did a lot of couchsurfing there and that was super interesting. And then we did Japan, China, Mongolia, Philippines, Sri Lanka, India, Nepal. Uh, yeah, just so many places. And yeah, Amazing. we even did North Korea. <laughs> oh, wow. really? Yeah. Wow. How was that? Yeah, it, it was, I mean, just crazy and interesting. And mm. obviously, I was also interested in photography then. So I took a lot of photos actually 
mm. um, and mm. was quite fearless at the time, just photographed everything and even yeah. got told off a few times. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was, I was going through the photos a while ago and it's just, it's still just this strange feeling you get when you look through them, you know? Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, it was just interesting. I think that's all I can say. <laughs> How long was that trip for? It must have been months. Yeah, like the whole Asia trip was like, yeah, 15 months. Wow. Mm. Oh, wow. That's amazing, though, that you you, you had all of that time as well to, yeah. to be country hopping and couch surfing. How cool. Yeah, yeah we travelled slow, slow and on mm. budget. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And was it kind nice. of improvised as well? Like, did you just kind oh, of... Oh, yeah. Uh... We never had any plan, like, at all. <laughs> Wow. Incredible. Yeah. And and so you kind of uh, uh you do that amazing trip, have a go to mostly lots of like very warm hot locations as well and then and then come back home and uh yeah. and, and, and start start your kind of work. Um and um uh where did uh, where did you sort of start kind of shooting in Iceland? What what were the first places? Um mm-hmm. did you kind of go on some of the more tourist friendly locations or did you start to go off the beaten track in, mm-hmm. in Iceland too? Yeah, uh, I think with Iceland, I started on, yeah, the most known places and the most recognized places. Mm. And I mean, they are famous for a reason. It's truly beautiful, sure. like the black beads and the waterfalls. Um, mm. Yeah, like in Iceland, there was just so much incredible nature all over. And and I think also after I came back from that long trip, I started appreciating Iceland so much more. Because yeah. after traveling so long and maybe you had to do a two-day train ride to get to a beautiful place. But like mm-hmm. when you're in Iceland, the places, they're just all over. They're so accessible. There's yeah. so much nature. There's so much to see everywhere. So, so yeah, I think to begin with, I just photographed all over. And, and all over means really beautiful places, basically. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean that the island is isn't that big, is it? It's quite easy to kind of drive across uh, quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. I think um, yeah, people are doing like the whole ring road in ten days, mm. but if you want to, you can do it in two days. You know, so mm. it's not it's not that big, um, but still, it's big. If like I don't know, it's yeah, it isn't big, but there's so much to see. So even if I'm on the road all the time. I mm. th- I'm still discovering new places and there's still places that I haven't been to that I want to visit. So so that's really amazing, I think. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Where where do you tell people like first-time visitors to Iceland, Also, where would you tell them to go in Iceland? Where would you say you mustn't miss this place or this scene? Mm-hmm. Um for travelers that maybe don't have that much time if they have four or five days i would definitely tell them to drive the south coast Mm -hmm. because then you just get a little bit of everything you get the black beaches you get the glaciers you get the waterfalls um and yeah you can do it in four or five days if you have more time Mm -hmm. i would definitely tell people to just do the whole ring road yeah because uh then you make it to the east fjords and you get like a fjord scenery Mm -hmm. and the glacier lagoon and then if you continue even further up north, you have a lot different environment. It's a lot more volcanoes, geothermal heat, like, and the landscape Ooh. changes from black to like red and a lot of smoke. Wow. So, oh, cool. um, so the ring road is really, per- is really perfect. And um, yeah, so, but the ring road is like one trip, but then there's also a lot of other trips that you can do, like into the highlands, up to the West Fjords. So so yeah, wow. I recommend more than one trip to Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like there's there's many possibilities there. And um, yeah. I was just going to ask uh, quickly, uh, uh, what about kind of Reykjavik as well? Because I know you, mm. you mentioned there's not really clubs and bars yeah. and stuff in, in Iceland necessarily, but I know Reykjavik is quite, it's, it's kind of increasingly a cosmopolitan uh, yeah. sort of city in its own right as well. Yeah, Reykjavik is really nice and a lot going on in terms of innovation and artists and uh, Mm. if you're into that kind of things there's a lot of art festivals film festivals 
there's also quite the famous music festival called Iceland Airwaves. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and those concerts, they don't happen typically in clubs. It's more like cute cafes and bars and you're like bar hopping. <sighs> That's um, so cool. Yeah, and I mean, I enjoy Reykjavik and, uh, and again, I definitely started appreciating it more when I became older, you know, mm. as yeah. when you were younger, it's like you look at it as your small town, like there's nothing happening yeah. there. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. of course. I going to say, I think there's, there's, there's a, a certain uh, almost like obsession uh, outside of Iceland with like kind of Icelandic cool and yes. and art and and music and so on. So yeah. and I know Reykjavik is at the, the hub of that, even though yeah. it's quite it's quite a small city by European sort of standards. Mm-hmm. What about food and drink, Elsa? I don't really know very much about Icelandic food and drink. What what should you know? What should visitors definitely try, or what might surprise them about Icelandic cuisine? Yeah. Um... There's, for example, in Reykjavik, there's so many new restaurants now. And Mm. I think the quality of the restaurants and food is really high. And and often for, you know, quite a decent price. Or like what I've noticed is that if you go to a really fancy restaurant, it's not not that much of a price difference from a really fancy one to like a bistro. So Mm. I would almost recommend travelers to just go to the fancy one. And experience, yeah. like Iceland is famous for its fish and mm-hmm. sure. lamb. So we we eat a lot of lamb meat and our mm. uh, the lambs and the sheep, they roam freely during the summer uh, okay. up mm-hmm. to the highlands. So so it's very like, um, yeah, it's it's very much part of the culture and the, the sheep are eating, you know, the special Icelandic grass in the highlands. Um, and live a pretty decent life. Um, <laughs> so, like, so I try to pick if I'm eating meat to pick lamb meat from Iceland. Yeah. Um, then the fish, and then we have a lot of old traditional Icelandic food, which can be quite fun to taste if you're visiting. I'm not a big fan yeah. though. <laughs> but that's is, is there an the... example of it? Is, it? is there anything particularly weird and wonderful? Or... Uh, it's, it's a lot of things. I mean, it's a lot of fermented food we okay, have fermented okay. shark uh oh. okay that has been quite famous among travelers because that's the greenland shark which can live to be like 400 or 500 years old oh yeah yeah wow. yes. and and yeah it tastes of like the taste of the meat is like ammoniac <laughs> because like <laughs> i think they don't have kidneys so they just sweat the urine through their skin Oh, I see. So actually, like, oh. if you eat it without fermenting it, uh, the meat would kill you. Like, it's poisonous. Wow. Wow. So um, so that's also part of the Icelandic tradition, to take these sharks, ferment the meat. Uh, yeah, so that's something you have to try. But, but I mean, I have friends that actually like this type of food. I didn't wow, grow up okay. to it, so I struggle. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, a lot of parts of the sheep, you know, the intestines and the, mm-hmm. the head of the sheep, you know, like people yeah. will eat literally the face. <laughs> God, so, is it easy to be veggie in Iceland or is actually that quite difficult to be a vegetarian? Um, I think it's quite easy and it's definitely becoming more and more easy. It, <laughs> sure. I'm thinking some years back, it was definitely not easy and I've spoken about this to my grandparents i mean there was no chance of being a vegetarian in iceland of course but now there's a lot more awareness so there's more options and and both in terms of restaurants but also in supermarkets and stuff so Mm. cool so yeah i would say it's quite easy good awesome and uh i think finally on this kind of section like um uh lots of people kind of have iceland on their sort of bucket lists and, and really kind of you know, uh, think about the sort of black beaches, glaciers, um, and so on. But is there anything that would, in particular, would surprise visitors potentially mm-hmm. about Iceland that they might not know about? Yeah, um, probably. Well, there are a few things. Like one thing is that uh, when you shower in Iceland, for example, our water is naturally heated. It just comes from the ground. So, oh, oh really? Yeah. Wow. So the water has this rotten egg smell. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. 
of course. <laughs> yeah. So that comes from like sulfur in the water. Uh, so my foreign friends, they they always comment on it if they're sleeping the first night in my house and taking a shower. Um, and same if you drive around the country and you just have the fan ventilation going on you will have that smell sometimes in the car if you're driving past geothermal areas Uh, oh really with like the air kind of coming in and passing through yeah so people are always a bit surprised like what smell is that and I like that smell because to me that just means home you know it's like nostalgic Mm. but my friends are like they have to like cover their nose (laughs) (laughs) could Um, be another another use for a face mask (laughs) (laughs) um and then i would probably say the weather i think Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i think if you visit in winter and you haven't experienced such extreme weather you probably could be surprised about it uh, also, that it's almost always windy here. <laughs> so that's just part of life, you know, that, you know, yeah, wind is just a part of being in Iceland. It's quite rare to get days without wind. And <laughs> I guess, um, is, it, is it something that you don't even think about now, really, in terms of... Well, I think about it when you have non-windy days, then you think about how nice this is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But those are few and far between, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then I've also heard from friends that just how many hot springs Iceland has. Mm. And Mm. how that you can just be driving on the main road of Iceland and then you can park your car and walk a few steps and you're in a hot spring. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so, so that's truly amazing and might come as a surprise. That, yeah, that sure. sounds amazing. Well, uh, thanks for that's a beautiful picture that you've sort of painted <laughs> of Iceland there. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and we'll sort of talk about, uh, uh, you know, uh, we'll touch on like kind of the, the present and, uh, and, and then go back to, to discussing what an amazing place Iceland is. Yeah. So we're now going to quickly touch on the events of the past year and how Iceland has responded to the COVID-19 pandemic. So Elsa, how have you found living in Iceland during 2020? How has the virus, you know, impacted everyday life there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, in Iceland, I like in my opinion, it has been a really good place to be in mm-hmm. in 2020 and now 2021. Um, so in terms of that, we have been quite lucky. So it hasn't like, of course, it has changed our lives a lot. But mm-hmm. what I really yeah. value is that we're still so free to travel and roam freely. Um, so it has more been like the social factor has gone down. But yeah. um, last spring, when the virus came to Iceland through a lot of ski holidays in the Alps, Um, Then it was really new and Iceland went into, like, we've never been into a lockdown, but Mm. restaurants and bars have been closed. And I think the lowest the limitation went down to was like max five people together. Okay. Okay. Um, But still in like supermarkets and so on, it could be more. Um, And then right now we have kind of been COVID free. So today and Mm. like the last month or so. So now we're up to, we are allowed to be 50 people together. Like I would be allowed to host a 50 person party and not be illegal. (laughs) Yeah. I just can't imagine that at the minute. We're we're not allowed to have one person, (laughs) one other person (laughs) inside your house. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I mean, I was in like a party the other day. And it just, Mm. it felt so strange. We were talking about it, like we were all sitting there together and we were like, wow, this is so weird. Like you feel like you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Um, But no, so now gyms have opened up again and restaurants Mm. and even bars have opened up. Um, Yeah, so so right now I'm super thankful. It's just, um, Mm. yeah, very little COVID at the moment. And I would say like, big applause to our government because they have handled this really well. I mean, a Mm. lot of the tourism industry is not happy of like how strictly we kind of closed our borders. Um, 
but in terms of people living here, the Icelandic yeah. government, they've had a three-person team with daily online meetings like that are live, yeah. giving Iceland an update on the situation and wow. giving oh. uh, the general public opportunity to ask questions. And then if anyone gets sick, they have a tracing team, so they trace every single a virus case yeah so it, it has just yeah. been super well handled which is probably why it didn't spread at all um that's that's, um, that's amazing i mean yeah, it's remarkable yeah. it sounds like kind of everything that could have gone right they've 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 managed to go through it almost yeah so. exactly and i mean now if you want to travel to iceland you need to do two tests and quarantine for five days and i would also argue that if you have a lot of vacation gathered from i mean a whole year of not traveling then mm. I like going through those double testing plus five days of quarantine might be worth to just travel to Iceland for because mm. you yeah. could spend it in a cabin, go for a walks, and then yeah. in five days you're free to travel the country. So that sounds so wonderful. <laughs> so I can't tell you. Yeah. Will I be seeing you uh, in a cabin in Iceland Looking... recording I the next exactly. podcast? Lucy. <laughs> yeah. About to book my annual leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's it's it, it's a very good point actually. Um, and uh, I mean, I think uh, like I guess because uh, I, I uh, tourism is a big big sort of industry in Iceland. It's yeah. um, and has it been kind of quite strange with like has that been the one of the main differences really that kind of absence of tourists? Yeah, I mean, I remember last spring when Iceland was closed and you were like processing all of this information we were like wow what's happening mm. so we saw Iceland becoming emptier and emptier in a few days and I was like mm. wow I mean I haven't seen the main places in Iceland empty since I was like yeah 20 years old or like 19 mm. years old mm. <laughs> so in the beginning I was like oh my god now I have to travel Iceland and photograph all these places empty <laughs> yeah. yeah and here we are almost a year later and the situation is the same but that was kind of kind of be my question have you have you enjoyed actually sort of being forced not to be able to travel and actually being forced to kind of enjoy your you know where you live and the nature around you because I feel like we've all slightly relied upon mm. that but I mean Iceland is a land of extremes yeah. and stunning did you feel like you had this amazing place kind of t almost to yourself yeah I mean that is how it has felt like and mm. I mean at some moments you've almost just felt guilty about it you know we are here in Iceland and mm. we can run around and we have all this amazing scenery to ourselves you know um yeah. but overall yeah it has been quite enjoyable actually and it's yeah. gonna be a shock for the people living in Iceland I mean we're not a big nation mm. for the tourism to re to return I mean we had gotten used to it but uh yeah. the tourism industry in Iceland is just so big it it's much mm. bigger than our population so it's yeah. like yeah. it's gonna be strange to see Iceland go back to normal yeah, shock <laughs> sure yeah, it it certainly sounds well. I know I know that kind of people are really really keen to come over, and I think uh, and I was going to say have have people actually even with the PCR tests and 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 with um and so on are are people starting to come back now? Yeah, so I I mean when I'm on the road, I definitely see uh, travelers, mm -hmm. and but it's just different. I mean now you're more likely to actually go and have a chat with them, you know, like oh where are you mm. from yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. Yeah. And how did That's you nice. decide to come to Iceland? So we yeah. were just sitting in a jacuzzi the other day and I think we were the only Icelanders there. <laughs> and you're always so interested, like, do you live here or did you actually travel here? Mm. Um, yeah. But I have also three friends from Germany that are actually traveling around Iceland now. They're also photographers. And cool. clearly they just went through the double testing and, and five-day quarantine and... And I think, yeah, people that have a lot of maybe annual leave, they might go for that option. So it yeah. can be done. Yeah. That's a... I also just love how casually else you just dropped in, you know, just sitting in a jacuzzi. <laughs> 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 yeah. Love it. Absolutely love yeah. it. <laughs> and I, I guess for those who, because um, uh, you, you have a, a, a sort of big following and obviously talk to people around the world, have you seen like a kind of, 
you know, lots of lots of love for Iceland over the past year uh, from sort of international community. And, and have your photos kind of felt like you've connected some people to Iceland when they can't, they haven't necessarily been able to be there? Yeah, you get comments like that from people that they enjoy seeing the nature, maybe watching my mm. stories. Um, and I mean, I hope that some some value that I can give that, um, you know, hopefully connect people to nature. And, and I've also gotten some messages where people say, like, you've just inspired me to explore more nature close to my home. And that, I think, mm. is, is cool. very fun That's, to hear. Feel yeah. Because yeah. I just know how good I feel when I'm out in nature and being active. And it doesn't yeah. always need to be the most extraordinary places, but just try to uh, encourage people to go out and yeah, value beautiful nature. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So what next for Iceland? So we know that, um, you know, lots of travelers are itching to go to Iceland right now. Um, uh, during sort of like the last year, we, we sort of touched on um, uh, sort of some, uh, you know, sort of community and pe people kind of getting in touch with you and talking about sort of like their willingness to kind of get back to nature and stuff. But what do you think has made Iceland sort of trend over the last couple of months mm -hmm. um, or even over the past couple of years? I mean, it's it's grown exponentially as a, as a yeah. sort of traveling destination so. yeah like what originally put iceland on the map was like two events mm. it was first the financial crash which we came very badly out of yeah and then uh secondly the volcano that erupted in 2010 <laughs> yeah that stopped all flight traffic in europe so i remember that's when iceland came on the map as a tourist mm. destination people were just more aware of this island in the middle of nowhere it was it was um, huge news at the time it grounded mm, like nearly yeah. every flight across europe for, for a while yeah and i mean as an icelander we had never been in the news before and we were like oh my they're talking about us you know <laughs> we felt all so proud and <laughs> and tourists started coming and and it's been i mean yeah what like 11 years of of tourism industry i mean it's so young it hasn't been Mm. for that long time um but i think lately i think social media has a big role to play yeah yeah and obviously a lot of photographers that are photographing for social media they love coming to iceland and i mean every photo you take just turns out beautiful <laughs> there's so many places and um yeah, so I think social media contributes to it quite a lot. Mm. And I'm also just hoping that, um, like, the next generations, they're maybe choosing a bit different adventures, you mm -hmm. know? I feel like when I was young, you were so sat on maybe a beach party trip, but I feel yeah. like the generations that are coming now, they're, they're more seeking adventures. Yeah. Mm. And I think even more with COVID, like in Iceland, there's so much space. You you never feel like you're in a crowd or, or yeah. crammed in. So I think even now when maybe some people are still um, like nervous about the virus, mm. in Iceland, you just have so much air and... <laughs> And nature and space, so you just you forget about the whole thing almost. Yeah, the, op the opposite of like your living room. That's, uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And so uh, say I was kind of like planning to uh, to make a trip when, when we can go and stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and or, you know, uh, um, or when, when everyone's ready to go. Um, uh, like I've heard sort of inspired by Iceland talk about like um, Iceland as like a kind of all year round destination. Um, how sort of yeah. true is that? Or is there like a kind of best time of year in your opinion mm-hmm. to visit? Yeah. So in my opinion, uh, I mean, I obviously feel like summer is the best time mm. simply because, I don't know, Iceland is all of a sudden just so nice. You know, the grass gets greener. Uh, we have the midnight sun. Yeah, so it doesn't get dark during the night. It just feels like the daylight lasts forever. So you feel so energized. You feel like you can see so many things in one day because you have daylight from morning till evening so i think in terms of efficiency also summer is really good because with all that daylight you can see so much Mm -hmm. but obviously i also really really love winter because winter to me is just so special Mm. um it's less daylight but in my opinion the daylight is so magical you know the sun is just at the horizon so you have that sunset vibe the whole day. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So so really like this pink light. And in winter, you're more likely to see reindeers because they come down from the mountains. Uh, there's ice caving season. So you can only visit the ice caves during the winter months. Uh, it's the northern lights. So it's like there's pros of cons with each season the casual way you drop that in there just another item on the list <laughs> i know, I know yeah, exactly i know it's quite hard because obviously we haven't really had any events but are there any events on the calendar also that people can look forward to over the next kind of year or 18 months you mentioned yeah. you mentioned like a music festival for example is, is that ah, going yeah, ahead or, or anything like that um so, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it's going ahead yet. I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, an event that me, like, I'm looking forward to is that, like, last summer I did invite uh, a lot of my friends, international friends, to come to Iceland and we would drive together in camper vans. Cool. So we actually did that last summer when Iceland had an opening. Like, you could actually come in here on one test. Mm-hmm. So um and that's actually an event that I'm planning to host. Oh, oh great. Um so I'm I'm hoping that it can go ahead this summer because it went ahead last summer and I mean I would think that last summer should have been worse than this summer. Yeah. yeah. But um but this year I decided to start a company around it. So it's called Van Life Iceland. Cool. cool. And that actually means uh traveling the whole ring road of Iceland in camper vans. Nice. Uh, and then what I do on these events is uh, plan things like bonfire evenings and uh, every morning we maybe go swimming in some cold lakes or waterfalls. Lovely. And like last year I rented a boat so we went sailing for like a midnight sun sail and whale watching. So um, so this is what I'm going to try to do this summer. I mean obviously I'm not sure if it will go ahead but um, this idea also came because of like a covid free event you know yes yeah 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 Yeah. a way to kind of meet other people but also uh you know to be able to do it outdoors and Mm. uh yeah exactly like when everyone has their own camper van you have your own kitchen and Mm. traveling together and then in the evening you just gather up on a campsite so lovely so yeah pretty covid friendly (laughs) yeah that sounds amazing so how how do people find out information about that Is, is it on instagram um, yeah, so I started an Instagram page, which is just Van Life Iceland, and also a website. Cool. Uh, and yeah, there are events in June. So my dream was really to host like a midnight sun week because the midnight yeah. sun peaks at twentieth of June. Okay. So I wanted to do some like long table dinners under the midnight sun. Oh, so lovely. yeah, oh, wow. let's see. I mean, if travels isn't open, I'm just going to have to invite Icelanders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll have fun anyway, but it's such a convincing case. I yeah. Think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, brilliant. Uh, so yeah, uh, if you want to find out more about that, def- definitely, uh, definitely look into it. Um, and uh, I just wanted to kind of, 
ask uh, as a sort of photographer as well, like mm. uh, if you're planning on going on one of your trips and, and bringing equipment and so on, do you have any kind of top tips for, for photographers who might yeah. want to visit in the future? Well, maybe also because you asked about the seasons. So like if I would be a photographer, I would probably uh, aim for either summer or winter. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what I forgot to mention is like there's like these shoulder seasons, autumn and spring. And yeah. um, and to me, that's a little bit like like nothing at all type of seasons. There's like okay. not green grass, but also not snow. So the yeah. so the landscape can be a little bit more messy. It can be somewhere in between, you know, like muddy, yeah, snowy. Yeah, yeah. So if I would be a photographer, I would probably not pick those months. I would aim yeah. for uh, summer or winter. Autumn is actually really beautiful in Iceland. Um, and then just try to plan ahead a little bit. And actually, I would recommend to photographers to have a camper van. So I like truly fell in love with camper van travels and ended up getting my own van. And that's also mm-hmm. how the whole idea about Van Life Iceland came along. Um, but as a photographer, what I found always is that I was out shooting and then the light became perfect and it's really late in the evening, maybe in summer. And then the hotel that I had booked was maybe two hours away, but I'm like, mm. the conditions are perfect here. and. And they're only yeah. going to start becoming better. And maybe my check-in is closing. So I have to rush away. Yeah. So that's when I started traveling more in camper vans. And then I would just allow myself to maybe take a nap, wait for the sunset, cook dinner. Uh, yeah. And then the perfect light conditions come out. You go out and shoot it. You have all your equipment in the van. And then yeah. jump back into the van and find a place to sleep. Like I just really love the flexibility of it. Mm, yeah mm. yeah it sounds wonderful yeah yeah i mean i think um uh i remember lucy on a sort of old podcast we talked to ben who's in yes. our team about about this too where he said he he woke up at what two or three a.m or something like <laughs> yeah. that to try yeah. and get the perfect shot yeah and having a having a camper van just allows that extra flexibility really and, yeah uh, it really does so then what? aside from from van life, do you have any other projects going on, Elsa? What else in the world of photography and Iceland have you got going on? Yeah, so um, projects that are coming up. So this month I will be going sailing in the West Fjords. Cool. Um, so I'm really excited about that. It's uh, We're going to take a boat and sail to one of the most remote areas of Iceland. So that is actually... It's like a sail to ski trip. So you sail during the day and then you take like uh, mountain ski equipment and hike up and ski down. So that's going to be a great adventure. Um, I think I might also be going on a sailing trip in May inside of Iceland. Uh, That's a really cool company that is a non-profit organization. They're they're trying to fight for like uh, ocean conservatory. Like okay. Iceland has so many whales that we need to protect and they have very important yeah. breeding grounds. So that project is sort of to aim on raising awareness about that. And they're also doing some like microplastic surveys from the ocean. So they're like seeing cool. if there's microplastic in the ocean outside of Iceland. Yeah. And then the summer is kind of like um, not that planned, but obviously I have a few weeks of Vanla of Iceland. So, yeah, yeah, it's just more adventures in Iceland and always trying to find some fun adventures. Great. (laughs) Sounds Sounds ideal. So cool. So many more plans than than my own. (laughs) 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 Not jealous at all. You just uh, come and work remotely from Iceland. (laughs) I think that's it, isn't it? That's the secret. (laughs) I think we might just have to do that. Oh, um, so it's been uh, it's been fantastic having you uh, speak to us today. Uh, please uh, now go off and uh, chase your volcano. <laughs> yeah, thank uh, you. Just, thank just you. giving us that snapshot into life in Iceland is it, honestly it's, it's, it, it's stunning and, and refreshing. Um, and, yeah. and uh, you know, please do check out uh, uh, also on on Instagram. It's also our sustainers um, uh, at our sustainers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, her pictures are magical yeah. so yeah it's uh, uh for more of a kind of window into the world of iceland yeah yeah thank you so much for having me and yeah thank um, you i've Thanks been coming on now so. refreshing the volcano news a little bit 
It happened. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, but um, they're, okay. they're on okay. some uh, critical meeting that is broadcasted live. <laughs> okay. So you guys I'm glad need we, I'm to. Glad we haven't held you up. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely. <laughs> so you guys should stay updated to see if there's an eruption. <laughs> yeah, will do, yeah. will do. Um, well, good luck with that, and uh, and and yeah, fantastic speaking to you, and hopefully we'll speak to you again very soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> So once again, a huge thank you to Elsa. Oh, that was so fascinating. I cannot was, wait to go to Iceland. It was brilliant, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, another one for your list, Lucy. We said it at the start yeah. of the episode and <laughs> it has happened yeah. inevitably. No surprises. Striking, evocative and wild, Iceland's magnificent fjords, smouldering volcanoes, thunderous waterfalls and seething geysers never fail to capture the imagination with their raw beauty and rugged splendour. Your DK Witness Top 10 Travel Guide ensures you'll find your way around the land of fire and ice with absolute ease. Find it at all good retailers or via the link in our episode bio. And once again, a huge, huge thank you to Elsa for this week's episode. And uh, next time, we uh, join us where we'll be discussing Tokyo yeah. with uh, travel writer Lucy Damon. So Lucy is uh, has been working with our Lucy yes. <laughs> on, on, our, on our like local series. She's been doing like local Tokyo, Correct. which is coming out later this year. Yes. Watch the space. Yes, um, uh, and it's going to be. Um, a bit of a, a bit different to Iceland, yeah. a, a sort of different land of contrast, yeah. really. Whereas Iceland is a, a land of like geographical contrast. Tokyo is more about sort of tradition versus culture, yeah. um, uh, modern versus uh, versus old, and, and so on. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be brilliant. I'm really looking forward to it, and I know Lucy is a, is a fantastic writer and speaker. Yes, about I'm l- as well, looking so. forward to chatting all things all things Tokyo with her. It'll be great. Uh, so we'll look forward to seeing you then. Thank you so much for joining us and thanks to, to you, Lucy. Thank you too. See you next week. See you next week. Where to Go was produced by the team at DK Witness and presented by Lucy Richards and James Atkinson. For more information about DK Witness, follow us on social media at DK Witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTON. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.